You're about to listen to Johnny and Hawk, covering all things Oklahoma sports, from the prep ranks to the college level, as well as the Thunder and Minor League Sports Tulsa. Now, let's get to your hosts, Johnny Resendez and Dan Hawk. Well, Dan, this is the first 2022 podcast we've had um, this year. Obviously, just some things that we try to fix out, but now we're back. I've had a horrible past 24 hours, and I'm going to get to why in a bit, but let's go first to the positive topics um i'm not feeling very well dan so i'll start off with the positive um topic that we got is osu basketball yeah how about those cowboys the good cowboys the, how about those cowboys is gonna be a common theme for this podcast yes, it's gonna be a common theme anyways let's get to the ones that actually are winners um OSU beating Baylor in a tough, tough road game in an extremely, I mean, this is a, a road stretch from hell for the Cowboys. Oh, yeah. And oh. they absolutely, uh, they still played hard even with all that, even with COVID issues. You know, they were 8-7. and seven, And they still found a way to have that grit to be able to knock off the number one team in the country, Dan. And you saw... What Bryce Thompson can do, he had, I think it was 19 points. He had that breakthrough game that everyone was hoping he would have. Man, this team has got the grit. They got a grit like, it feels like every single team has a Mike Boynton type of grit to them where they just want to play hard every single game, no matter what the score is, no matter what their record is. It doesn't matter. Mike Boynton has these boys ready to play, and it showed on the court Last time they were against, it was at Waco too. So it, it was a really impressive win. Uh, Thompson pitched in with 19 points. He scored the game's final six points to give Bears consecutive home losses for the first time in nearly six years. Put that in perspective for me. Yeah, so people don't really realize how hard it is to play in Waco yeah it's maybe not like Allen Fieldhouse or anything where it's like that traditional college basketball feel uh you there's other college basketball arenas you could think of off the top of your head Rupp Arena and everything that it's just like a true home field advantage with Baylor it, it may not be that traditional home field advantage not that traditional stadium and everything but there's still that fan base is still very very loud and that stadium is still pretty good to where you know, it's an extremely tough place to play. And the fact that OSU went in there, they could have just easily just gone through the motions. Oh, this is the number one team in the country. We're not going to – and this is something that lingered in my mind a lot, Dan, is the fact that this team is still mentally, I feel like, battling the fact that they're not going to make it in the tournament no matter what they do. So the fact that they have that resolve to say, you know what, screw this, we're going to keep on playing hard no matter what, and we're going to show the NCAA and every single team in this country, every single team we play in this country, that we belong in that tournament. We are good enough. Yeah, I... I I'm I'm all on board with you on that one. I'm happy about the win, but the reality is they're not going to get the opportunity to be playing in the NCAA tournament this year. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. They're not even going to get the opportunity to play in this year's Big 12 tournament. So the way I look at it, take the win. This is pretty much your NCAA tournament right here because you're not going to get the opportunity to play in a big-time performance other than your conference schedule. So – I give kudos to Mike Boynton. Also, happy birthday to him. He turned 40 today. This is a big-time win for the program. At least he can have this feather in his cap because it's going to be a tough season the rest of the way. 
They're nine and seven right now. They're two and three in the Big Twelve Conference. The Big Twelve Conference is stacked. I don't know if you've stacked. looked at the standings, but every team in the conference, every team, has a winning record. Right. You took you talk about like a resurgent TCU We're talking team. Kansas State has Kansas a winning Kansas State, record. Uh, West Virginia's good. Texas, even though OSU did beat Texas, they're good. Kansas, obviously. Baylor, I mean, Baylor may have lost back-to-back games, but no one's denying that Baylor is a very, very good basketball yes. team. Uh, ba- Baylor will probably fall in the top 25 poll because they've lost two consecutive games. I'm assuming they'll still be in the top 10. They were. In, they just got number five. Okay, okay so who's the number one overall right now? Then? I think it was Gonzaga was number one. Okay, that's yes. fine. Gonzaga number one. But the point is, like, I give just kudos to Mike Boyden and the staff being able to pull this win off because their stretch of road games this past week were completely – they were. it's like a Mickey Mouse cartoon, man. You play Texas at home, then you got to go to West Virginia, then you got to go to Tech, and then you got to go to Baylor all in one week. Right, and that's not even – you got all the COVID issues you had to deal with, yes. not to mention the last game you did yes. play was against Houston. Yes. Against Houston. And yes. then top it all off, there's still going to be a stretch where it's just going to be hard for them because you look at the schedule right now for OSU. You got TCU, which, like I said, they Should have, be a win, but remember, they just knocked off OU in overtime over the weekend. TCU is better than a lot of people think they are. You got you to go at Austin again in at Texas, which – yeah, we got the W last time, but you should never really sleep on that team anyway, especially a Chris Beard team. Um, you got a home game against Iowa State, number 15 right now. Iowa State is a And really don't forget good that team. Big 12 SEC challenge where against they still Florida. have to play yeah. four. But honestly, with that game, if I'm Mike Boyden, this is just me. On that game, to me, and you're probably going to punch me in the face when we get off the podcast, that's a throwaway game. The Florida game? Yes, because here's my reason why. They're not playing in the NCAA tournament. They're not playing in the Big 12 title. You know what that game to me is? That's where you put your bench players into play. I don't care if you win or lose because it doesn't matter because it's not going to go against you in conference play. Mm -hmm. I would develop your younger players, give them a chance to play. This season is a totally different season than years past. I know that some people that will listen to this and go, Dan, you're stupid. But think about it. You're not playing in the NCAA tournament. You're not even playing in the the Big 12 tournament. Why not develop your younger players so that they're ready to play the following season? What's your take on no, it? Do you I disagree? Com- no, I completely agree with that, especially now that you have kind of that core group. You got the Boone Twins. You got uh, Malik Moncrief. You got... Who knows if Bryce Thompson may or may not leave after this season? He'll probably to the NBA. stay. I would have a feeling he's going to stay. Have that type of, uh, when you have that type of a foundation of a team, which you don't often see in college basketball because there's so many one and dones going back and forth. I mean, you saw last year with Kate Cunningham. It's a totally different team this year. But if you do establish that foundation, once you do see them develop in their juniors and senior years, assuming that they do stay, you could find yourself having a really good team once it comes to postseason play. And you kind of see, yeah, you'll see like the North Carolinas, the Dukes, the one-and-done Kentuckys and everything like that, deep and deep and deep into the NCAA tournament. But you really see some of those other teams who make the quote-unquote upsets or the ones you may not really expect to make a huge run. Those are teams full of juniors and seniors who have already developed their basketball. They've already developed their team basketball. So the fact that OSU... You know, it sucks that they're not going to be in the tournament, but the fact that they have a chance to maybe go and 
give some experience to those guys so that way next year they're much, much better. I feel like that's a silver lining in all this. What do you think, Dan? Yeah, I, th- I think the the proper thing to do is to put the younger players out on the court because I think that's only going to develop them even further. I'll give you an interesting factor because I don't know if you knew this, but if you want to pull it up on your phone, you can. But do you want to guess how many upperclassmen are on the Dayton Flyers team who are coached by Anthony Grant? You want to take a guess? Just give me a guess on a basketball roster which has about what? 12, 15 guys. Dayton. How uh, many how many are upperclassmen? I'm going to go And how many seniors? Seniors, I'm going to go four seniors. I'm going to go uh, seven upperclassmen. Man, I feel so bad for you, Johnny. Two. Two? One senior, one junior. The rest are freshmen. Wow. The rest are freshmen. And you know why I'm I'm putting this uh, to compare it to OSU on what I think head coach Mike Boynton should do when you play this Florida game? You play your underclassmen. Dayton is 11-6 and six this year with freshmen. Think about that. Yep. Think how good Dayton is going to be next year. I understand they're from a smaller conference. They're in the Atlantic 10. But Dayton. when you're starting freshman every game, how amazing is this team going to be down the stretch when they become juniors? Maybe even seniors. Probably seniors because this is Dayton. This isn't UCLA, Mississippi State. Dayton has, but there may not be a they, traditional they pass. Ha- They're pretty good, though. That's correct. They have made it to the big dance. But I'm telling you, how many seniors out of Dayton are going to say, you know what, I'm declaring for the draft? Look at the approach that he's doing with freshmen. Think about it in this perspective. If you're a kid that wants to play at the next level, Johnny, and Anthony Grant comes to you and says, hey, uh, I want you to play for Dayton, and you're getting offers from Baylor, Wichita State, Texas, but Dayton comes to you and says, I want you to come play for me. And you're not a McDonald's All-American. You're a damn good basketball player, but you're just a freshman going into college. And he says, I want you to play for me. And you're like, well, what's the upside, coach? You're going to start. In this day and age in college basketball, does it matter where you go? No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't because you're going to end up in the same – if you got the goods, you're going to end up in the same place as the other teams. And you're going to get to play in the league if you're that damn good. Exactly. So why not go play for a Dayton? Two upperclassmen. That's why I'm so serious about the aspect that I, I I get it. You're playing a team. You're playing a team that you might not normally play as Mike Boynton is. But why not start your younger guys on the roster? What, what is it going to hurt? Even if you lose to Florida, what does it matter? And you know what? It's something else that's not really talked about that we haven't talked about, Dan, is that also because of the NCAA quote-unquote violations, now you don't have that much scholarships. No. So you could probably have this – a nucleus of guys for the next two or three years because you may not be able to have new players coming in because of all that scholarship sanctions and everything right. like that. So it really would benefit the entire yes. team, not just this season, but going forward to play those back backups, to play those freshmen, so that way they could get meaningful minutes, so that way they could get better once the next yes. season comes along. Assuming that, you know, Isaac likely, I mean, he's a senior. He's going to probably be done by the time uh the season is over uh not probably he will be but you still got that nucleus of guys that Mike Boynton brought in when he brought in Cade Cunningham right Rondell Walker and everything like that those type of guys 
So it's going to be really interesting to see how he manages this season, how he sees the upside and stuff, because in the beginning of the season, you really couldn't see an, a single upside to this season. But now, uh, given how you see how they still love to play, love to just compete every single game, it's going to be fun to watch. By the way, just one other you know feather in the cap to put it on the Dayton Flyers. Do you want to know who their Power 5 wins are this year, just to let you know? Miami in the ACC and the mighty Kansas Jayhawks. Wow. That is an impressive. Even though it's in Orlando, they still took down. Still, the fact that we always, I feel like it's more emphasizing college football. Oh, and they also beat Virginia Tech as well. Right. The fact that we emphasize, like, conferences, Power Five, Group of Five, whatever it is, um, in college football so much. In college basketball, there's a little bit more parity. There's a little bit more. The gap between the Blue Bloods and the, you know, the, I guess, Mid-conference is a lot smaller than in college football. So it's going to be really fun to see how everything else plays out with Oklahoma State and their basketball team because, what one other One other tidbit fact is because I'm just looking here while we're doing our podcast. Anthony Grant, the head coach of, of, Dayton. of Dayton, he's been a head coach at three different spots, VCU, Alabama, now Dayton, but also from 2015 to 2017. Yeah, he was an Oklahoma City Thunder assistant. Wow. That's a that's a pro's pro right there. That's right. So why not give it a shot if you're Mike Boyden? You got nothing to lose with that. For sure. Chili Bowls took place on the dirt track over the weekend. Kaylee Bryson from Muskogee was the first female driver to reach the A main over the weekend. She won the B main in 10th place starting and came in first place in the B main. So congratulations to her, our overall winner. Tanner Thorson from Minden, California. Christopher Bell from Norman, Oklahoma came in second. And Ricky, or excuse me, Rico Abreu, Abreu, excuse me, my goodness, came in third in the Chili Bowl. Dan, you were there at the event and everything. The Chili Bowl, when I first came to Tulsa, I thought the Chili Bowl was a bowl game. Yeah, it was just a bowl game, or I thought it was just like an event where like just people would just have a bunch of chili. I didn't think it was a race. I didn't think it was this big deal. It's a huge deal for the city. 381 drivers came to Tulsa to race in the Chili Bowl this season. Obviously, a lot of fan favorite goes to Christopher Bell because he's a Norman native. Um, but I think for the sport as a whole, it's definitely on the rise, man. And it's it's getting so big that NASCAR is even putting it on their website. They're tweeting about it. It's becoming a very big deal, and it's it's huge for Tulsa every year. How crazy is it to cover a motorsport? Because you don't really get those opportunities that often when you're when you're a sports guy. It's always a football, basketball. You're always concerned about those type of sports. But this is a very a niche oriented one where the one the fans who like it are passionate about it i truly love it uh me personally because i have allergies i wish there was more ventilation and there's really no way to do it because it's an indoor race being at the expo center um but it's fast i I will put it that way like we we typically usually just do the a main night which is the final night and they bump it up from the 20 laps for most of the races to this one being 55 laps it's a very fast 55 laps. It lasts maybe 45 minutes. 
It's very, very quick. You got to stay on top of it as a camera person shooting the event. It's a jam-packed house. They have a section in the venue called the Rowdies, and let's just say they're a little rowdy in the rowdy section. Yeah, that's the thing I wanted to ask. I've never been to a Chili Bowl, but I have seen the clips you've recorded. Those fans look like they they might have ha- they might have something in their system. Yeah, but they still, regardless, look like they absolutely are 100% invested in this sport. Very, very much so. It's one of the most popular things that happen in Tulsa. Uh, if you haven't seen it, you need to go check it out. It's worth the price of admission to go check out the Chili Bowl. It was a lot of fun. Congratulations to Tanner Thorson again for bringing home his first Chili Bowl title on that. Now, finally, oh. uh, man, playoff weekend didn't go well for your Dallas Cowboys or the Patriots or my Bengals. You're or a the Bengals Steelers. fan? Or the Bengals. I'm a Raiders fan. Oh, yes. So uh, Bengals lost, Patriots lost, Steelers lost, Cowboys lost, and the Eagles, which you're probably not really not worried about that one. But I was not surprised on that one. I'm not surprised on the Cowboys. Um, bad play calling. I'll, I'll give my little two cents, then I'll let you take over. Bad play calling, clean up the penalties. Awful on penalties, 14 penalties. That is going to shoot you in the foot every day of the week. And finally, my only thing that I'm really going to say about it, Dak Prescott, love you, buddy, but saying good credit to the fans throwing trash at the referees, it's not cool, bro. I hope you're fined immensely. I hope you get a game suspension, to be honest with you. You're literally saying have violence on somebody else. That ain't cool. That ain't right. You're pissed off. I know you're upset that you lost. Don't blame the referees for that. What are you calling that play at the end of the game? Why are you sliding? Why don't you slide sooner? Why aren't you throwing outlet passes out to the edge to get out of bounds? That's my two cents of take. I could go a lot longer, but I'm going to let Johnny take over. This is the toxic relationship that I just can't get away from, Dan. This is not healthy. This is not sustainable. This is not. We're always looking for new fans of the Raiders. This is. Not, I am not having fun. You think toxic? Oh, the Raiders are just as toxic. What are you talking <laughs> they about? They really are. I am not having fun anymore as a Cowboys fan. And do you know why this hurts extra? Because in 2018, when we lost to the Rams in the divisional round, that hurt. This hurts a little bit more because there was something called expectation. Yeah, we have that every year. Yeah, it's the Dallas Cowboys, so obviously all these crazy fans, which, I mean, I've gotten into so many arguments with these fans who say that it's going to be our year every single year. No, it's not. No, it's not. And until fans realize that, until they actually wake up and stop being in this trance that Jerry Jones has them under, we are never going to win a Super Bowl. Because the moment you keep saying, we're going to win this year, we're going to win this year, you're going you're gonna to send your little behinds to AT&T Stadium. <laughs> you're going to pay $200 for a nosebleed. You're going to pay $10 for a beer, another $15 for a hot dog. Guess who's... Well, guess what all that money's going to? To Jerry. Because he has y'all played. Because he has y'all enabled. He's, he's got y'all in this trance thinking that every year it's going to be good. It's not. And this team, they had all the talent in the world. 
they were the the, the quote unquote. And this is the this is the point that I'm trying to make, Dan. That numbers really do lie, and not just in football but in sports. The quote unquote number one offense in the NFL. You had a a, a great people kept saying a great defense in the NFL. And what happened? Debo just absolutely dog pounded us. He just molly whooped us. For the rest of the, for the entire game, they just ran the ball down our throats. Yeah, we were making a comeback and everything like that. And you could make, we could talk about the ending of the game for another hour. But the at the end of the day, the Cowboys did not deserve to win that No, game. they didn't. P- penalties are going to be a double-edged sword for you. And that's the problem with it. Ugh. And I'm not going to put all the blame on Mike McCarthy. I'm not going to put all the blame on Kellen Moore. I'm not going to put all the blame on Dak. It's a combination of all three of you. Yep. And penalties are going to kill you. And you do you disagree with me about the refs? Like, come on, dude. Why are you crediting Completely them? Completely agree with you. Why it's are stupid. you crediting them? Here's the thing. I saw ESPN kind of explained this to me. What Dak did, first of all, he should have just gone down in the 30-yard line. He should have just, like, gone down. He should have been then, throwing passes. Why are you running with 14 seconds left on the clock? It was So the logic behind that is you're going to try to get it as close to the I field as you it. can. That is a you're already making completions down the field and everything. But so you your logic is only if you're down by a field goal to be running that. Right. You need all the time in the world. And it's not like he has a pansy of an arm. I can't believe I said pansy. But he's got an arm, man. Right. No, no, no. Okay. Let's say for the sake of argument that we don't know anything about football and that was the right play call to do the QB draw. Give the ball... To the referee. Yes. Why are you giving it to the teammate? Yes. Why are you doing this in the heat of the moment? Do you remember, you Larry? Are, you, you are a professional football player. You should know you, the rules. You should know to give the ball to the referee. That is poor execution, poor coaching, poor everything. You it's remember? Poor. You remember Larry Fitzgerald? Yes. In a playoff game? Yes. What happened? He sprinted. Sprinted. Sprinted to the referee. That's a 65-year-old man running up and down the field. Yeah, out of shape, 65. Probably on TRT. Give him the ball. Like, yes. Why are you giving it to a lineman that has no clue what he's doing? That not that stuff that should be co- coached like in peewee football? Supposedly. Supposedly. I don't know. This I mean, it's just from bad, the, man. From the first half, from the first half, it looked like the it's Cowboys just, were not just, ready to play in this game. It's just bad. It's a team that is overhyped. You know, if I put it on Sports Center right now, it's going to be all about the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. It's America's team, Johnny. That's right. But it's just ridiculous. It's. I know we could go on much longer than this. But congratulations to the San Francisco 49ers. That's all I got to say. Listen, I'm not bitter about it. I'm not no, bitter, because I'm I not think you're a realist. About, you're a realist on this one. You understand that it was bad play calling, bad penalties. It's not just exactly. one thing. You can't just blame the refs the on this. San one. Francisco 49ers had absolutely every right to win uh, this b- game. But f- before we go, I got to ask you though: if there would have been more time on the clock, and Dak would have gotten it down, spiked the ball to have that extra down. The way they were playing, do you think the Cowboys would have won or do you think they would have still lost? No, still would have lost. But it's it's the it's the giving them the opportunity to possibly win that game. It's the clock management. It's Which, putting yes. your team in the right position to at least 
go for it, <clears throat> excuse me, and make something out of it so that way you could win the game. Mike McCarthy didn't do that with this clock management. There's a lot of stuff that I've been seeing on Twitter and everything like that. A lot of people say top priority this offseason for the Cowboys. Fire Mike McCarthy. No. Given Jerry Jones's history, that is not going to happen. But you think about Kellen Moore possibly leaving for a head coaching job. I don't job. see him leaving. Dan I don't Quinn see... possibly leaving for a head coaching job. I don't see them leaving because, look, Jerry is loyal to his staff that he likes. Look how long Jason Garrett was there. Garrett just had to leave because it wasn't working out towards the end. I don't see Kellen or Dan Quinn leaving. I just don't. Who knows? It's a head coaching job, and you don't know what Jerry, because he. this is the same man who fired Jimmy Johnson, a man who brought in and then took and he, out uh, and Bale he, Parcells. And he promised Tony Romo a Super Bowl a title. A Super Bowl title. Hey, you know what? You know what? Romo over Dak. I said it. <laughs> Let me just be in peace now, dude. That is Johnny Resendez. I'm Dan Hawk. Thanks for listening to the Johnny and the Hawk podcast. Until next time. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Remember, you can follow Johnny Resendez as well as Dan Hawk on Twitter. Until next time, thanks for listening to Johnny and the Hawk. Also, for all the latest Oklahoma sports, check on newson6.com.